0: We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Sang-hun Moon and Hannah Alexander. All it takes is an instant for everything to change. One moment, you're on top of things. Sure, life can be stressful, it can be hard work, but you have a job that's keeping a roof overhead and food on the table, and things are okay. The next moment, something happens. Maybe you fall. Maybe you're in an accident with a car or some other kind of machinery. Maybe something dangerous spills where it shouldn't. Or maybe it isn't a moment, maybe it's something repeated and repeated over and over and over every day that takes its toll on your body until you can no longer do what you used to do. However it happened, you've been injured on the job, and things aren't okay anymore. In most jurisdictions, when something like this happens, there's some kind of workers' compensation system that, at least in theory, is supposed to help workers get through it. The details vary, but in most places, at some point along the line, workers gave up the right to sue their employers as an individual in exchange for a system that imposes a collective liability on employers. That is, employers pay premiums into a system that in turn is supposed to pay costs related to health care and also to replace lost wages for injured workers. In Ontario, a system along these lines has existed since 1914, formerly called the Workers' Compensation Board and then reorganized as the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board, or WSIB, in 1998. Song Hoon Moon and Hannah Alexander are both injured workers. In Song Hoon's case, it was a workplace fall in 2005. In Hannah's case, she was working as a personal support worker when a client, disoriented by his Alzheimer's disease, knocked her over and injured her. They are also both members of Injured Workers Action for Justice. The reason why Injured Workers Action for Justice exists, and why there are many injured workers groups across the province, is that even though the WSIB is supposed to meet the needs of injured workers, a lot of people who get hurt on the job in Ontario have the experience that it does not. Many find that the health benefits that they need to recover are denied outright or ended too soon, many experience being pushed to return to work when they are simply not able to do so, and of course, when they don't do so, because they can't, they're at risk of being cut-off benefits. Moreover, many have their need for more care or more time off fully supported by the professional assessments of the healthcare providers who are caring for them, and yet that is not sufficient for the WSIB. Advocates argue that the WSIB seems to be more concerned with reducing employer premiums than with supporting workers, and with the system as it currently functions, it is not unusual for injured workers to live in poverty, to be pushed into experiencing mental health issues, or even to end up homeless. Earlier this year, the IAVGO Community Legal Clinic, a nonprofit that specializes in representing injured workers and that also provides space for injured workers' action for justice to meet, Published two reports exploring in detail how the WSIB has gotten worse since a change in its business model in 2010. Bad Medicine, a report on the WSIB's transformation of its healthcare spending, analyzed the WSIB's own data and showed that the changes in healthcare benefits over that time have cut costs by reducing, restricting, and reorganizing benefits to the detriment of injured workers and, no evidence, the decisions of the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board, examines rulings on appeals of WSIB decisions, and concludes that the Board regularly disregards the healthcare professionals who are actually treating injured workers, and that, quote, in order to get its financial house in order, the Board is disregarding the safety, health, and dignity of workers who are injured on the job, end quote. The main campaign from Injured Workers Action for Justice is demanding improvements in how the WSIB deals with healthcare. They want the legislation governing the board to follow the lead of the analogous institution in Quebec and to commit to accepting the recommendations of treating physicians, both in terms of what treatments are necessary and in terms of determining when and how it is safe for workers to go back to work. Over the years, the group has taken a number of different kinds of actions to push this agenda forward. They've organized numerous public education events. They've regularly lobbied the WSIB and the Ministry of Labour. Every June 1st, they publicly mark Injured Workers' Day. This year, it involved a campout by injured workers outside the provincial legislature at Queen's Park in Toronto. This year, they've also been placing increased emphasis on lobbying and pressuring individual MPPs, and they have plans to take that pressure to Premier Kathleen Wynne in November. In their actions, the group is keen to communicate to other workers, to trade union activists, and to the general public, that injured workers' issues are relevant to all of us. Most of us are just one instant, one accident away from having to face the WSIB to get what we need. And they particularly encourage other injured workers to get involved. They say that, for themselves, the group has been very important, partly because it's filled with other injured workers who understand what they're going through, but even more so because by giving them a place to take action together, it has helped them feel a renewed sense of capacity, dignity, and power. I spoke with Sang-hoon and Hannah from Toronto.
1: My name is Sang-hoon Moon. I'm an injured worker since 2005. I'm a 47-year-old man and living in Brampton with my lovely uh, wife. I'm a member of the uh, worker Action for justice group. The group started uh, 2010, so we've been actively involved in the injured workers' activism.
2: And my name is Hannah Alexander, I'm a 63-year-old lady who has been here over a couple decades. And I have been injured in 2013 and I've just joined IWHA, our Injured Workers' Action for Justice Group, in the summer of 2017.
1: I got injured in two thousand and five, I just mentioned before. I had a really big problem with the WSIB. They uh, tried to cut my claim. But I tried to appeal their decision for a couple of months, but they just ignored me and tried to, you know, cut off my benefit. And I, I felt like there's no hope. I can't fight myself. So I was looking for some help. I found a legal clinic uh, here, Ivigo and I met other injured workers here and we talk, we, we discuss all the issue we have and I feel like we all have a problem. Not just me. Everybody injured workers here have the same problem that I have. WSIB keep cutting the benefits and denied our claim. So we talk and we say like we got to do something with the WSIB. This is not just one injured worker, two injured workers. It's whole injured worker. We have a kind of systematic problem here. So I kind of start this group at the beginning, so we get together once in a month, twice a month, and then we try to do you no. Know, so what we should do, right? So we, we kind of start thinking and, and try to make some plan and we come up with the, like a healthcare campaign. So that's how I got involved in this group.
2: As for me, I got injured while I was taking care of a senior gentleman with Alzheimer's. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. And I was working as a home care PSW in 2012. And after one year, this person with so much anxiety because of his disease process hit me, causing me to fall down in a corner and then hit the cement floor. So it injured my entire right side of my body. I literally felt like an electrical stimulation just going down my foot, up to my head, and across from the right side of my body, waist in. And I couldn't walk very well. I ached all over, I couldn't move, then move my head, stretch, reach, little things, more or less I couldn't really sit because of the pain in my back. And it so happens that this never came out with work by comp because the main thing in my job was driving this gentleman around, and I found there was too much of a push between my employer and work by comp to get me to go back what they call modified work. three to five hours a day, this gentleman had to be driven, to be taken around. And you can't modify driving, and I just couldn't sit if the pain was just too much. So I was suffering for the last four years. I volunteered with a physical group, and like I said, I came to IAVGO, which is a legal clinic to help people like me, to get our appeals. So I came for assistance, and I heard about IWHA, which is the peer group that we are, helping each other just to air our own similarities and, and differences. And get the public educated and get people like you to help us to get it out, the word out there that we are here and we are suffering because workmen come up to this day, in my case, says I'm not injured. But I cannot sit for too long, stand for too long. Basically, it's just been wonderful to have other people who understand what I'm going through.
0: Lay out for listeners how the WSIB is supposed to work and how in practice it doesn't actually work for injured workers.
1: So they are the independent third party, like a government agency, between employer and the worker. So they supposed to help injured worker. There was kind of a workers' competent agreement between two parties that when the injured worker had to give up the a suit of the employer, the employer have a, a collective liability to help injured worker. But this is not working anymore. So the workers on board is more favorable to the employer. So they focus on reducing the employer's premium, not helping injured workers. Instead, they cutting injured workers' health care benefits, all kinds of things.
2: When a worker gets injured, what uh, the SID is supposed to do is to take those funds that were allotted and that were paid out from our salaries to the employers that have been paid into this funding and pay for our medicines, our treatments right away and to accept the fact that we are injured. Sometimes they question our injury and they delay sending us for treatment. They will send you for treatment say for half of your body or the other part and not the part and sometimes they delay your healing process that way.
1: My experience and I'm hearing from other injured workers, when I got injured, My case was very clear. I fell down from the roof at the work and, you know, ambulance was there, police was there, fire departments were there. I went to uh, emergency right away. Even my case was so clear. Everybody was there, recognized my accident, my injury, my ankle, my heel bone was broken to many pieces. I got the surgery, you know, titanium with the seven screws still there. But I had to fight to get my benefit. They tried to cut me off my benefit uh month later. So that's not supposed to what the WSIB provides and help injured workers. When worker got injured, we are the one who actually have to fight to get our claim filed and get the benefit. That's not the system we should have in Ontario. I'm hearing from many other injured workers. When they have accident, they try to file their claim. And basically the first thing is while we are in pain and, and you know, try to recover from the, our injury, all the responsibility to provide the doctor's report, the forms and everything, we, we have to submit, we have to provide everything. Even I was in the bed, I couldn't move at the time with the severe pain, but I was responsible to get the doctor's report and submitting everything. And when doctors recommend some treatments and everything, what the WSSR is not really there to help us. That's very fundamental, right? So when you get injured, what's the first thing you need is health care. So that's the very fundamental, a basic benefit we need to get right away and the loss of the income, right? So that's another thing the WSIB tried to cut as well.
0: And here he's talking about the WSIB benefits that are intended to compensate injured workers for loss of income while they're injured.
1: If they don't provide health care, and the next thing is we have to return to work right away and they can cut the loss of the income. So they cut the healthcare first, and then they push back to the return to work, and then they cut the loss of the income. So we lose everything. We end up, if they have a house, whatever property they have, they have to sell the house, they have to sell the car, and then, you know, they have to move to the, you know, rent house. And then next step is we have to on the street. Many people in the poverty, the workers, they're in the poverty on the street. It end up burden of the society in the family and friends, they're supposed to employ collective responsibility. And the WSIB is supposed to be the third party independent party to help injured worker, not the employer, reducing the, you know, their premium.
2: They do not always step in and treat the injured worker right away. It seems like you become the enemy the moment you get injured because now they have to care for you and they withhold a lot of the benefits that are uh, put in this reserve part for us. So we fight for it and then they Deny, 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 and keep you at bay, and you're in pain so much longer that it causes emotions, and you, you know, psychologically you just wither away.
0: How did injured workers' action for justice initially come together?
1: I'm not sure how it started, but I start very early stage when we try to get together and get idea and talk about, you know, the the injured workers issue. So IRB will provide a place to meet together with the injured workers. We meet there and then we talk about, so, you know, there's so many issues with the WSIB, so we need to do something. So why don't we make uh, some group, right? We come up with a name and we come up with uh, some strategy and planning and we, we want to focus on specific campaigns. So we thought the healthcare is the fundamental, basic. That's the first thing we need to get. So we decide to focus on the healthcare campaign. That was around the 2010.
0: And who is involved in the group?
1: Among the group, I've noticed that
2: all different professions are there. You know, physical therapist. I was myself a registered practical nurse in U.S. and Canada for you know a couple decades. There are workers who come from office work. You know, the business sector. Healthcare, there's people that work hands-on in the community, There's are temporary agency workers as well, PSWs, like I said, I was acting in that at the time. There are a wide range of workers that are among our ranks and it doesn't matter what you were doing, you can slip and fall any old time, anything can happen.
1: We have the other injured workers group in different area, different community. Also, we have a umbrella organization called the ONWIC Ontario Network uh, Injured Workers Group. We also work with the union as well. Also, we work with the researcher, lawyers, academia. Also, the migrant workers network as well. So we collaborate and work together with the different clinics, legal clinics. The unions and, and you know the other workers. So many organized involved with our group.
0: Tell me more about the group's campaign around healthcare.
1: After we gathered together in 2010, we tried to come up with uh, like a, okay, let's get some the campaign card. So we come up with the healthcare campaign card signed by the injured workers and other workers. Any people you know want to change something in our workers' comp. So we send out the campaign card to the people and get signed and we collect around like 2000 health card and we deliver to the Minister of Labor. So that was uh, one of the big campaign we had. Also, every year we have a big campaign through the Injured Workers Day and we getting together and deliver some letter to the WSID and the Minister of Labor to pass our demand on healthcare. Also, we had uh, Christmas demos and we have uh, some kind of bus tour from the Minister of Labor WSIB office and then we go to the Ontario Ombudsman to ask them, you know, to push them to do the uh, investigation on WSIB practice and policy. Also, we meet with the MPP members at the delegation. We visit and talk with the MPP with our injured workers' issue to change the policy. So we do so many things over the years. And we're looking for more in the future <laughs> because the election is coming next year. So we try to push the government, the liberal government to do something for injured worker. And again, this is not just for the injured worker. It's for the worker. As I mentioned, many, many people get injured. Any worker can get injured today, tomorrow, anytime. So we want to involve the people with us. Definitely, the healthcare is our focus still, because we don't get what healthcare we need, right? So that's the fundamental and basic and we don't get it. This is not just injured workers are saying, the goal, they did the research and they published two reports this year called Bad Medicine and No Evidence. The report saying that what the WSIB making decision on injured workers' case is based on no evidence. They don't have enough proper evidence to determine, you know, we have to go back to the work. That's against actually our treating doctor's recommendation. The treating doctors says the injured workers need more time to recover and more treatment needs, but to make a decision, that they actually ignore the doctor's recommendation and they have their own WSIB funded doctors, so they using those opinions to deny the injured workers' doctor's recommendation. Also, they keep cutting injured workers' benefits. So many of the injured workers actually end up ODSP, CPP disability, those on Ontario's taxpayer. So they shouldn't be like that. That should be employer's responsibility.
0: And what are the central demands of the healthcare campaign?
1: The first thing is the WSIB must accept a doctor's recommendation. That's actually happened in Quebec case. Quebec, the workers' camp Law is actually accepting doctor's recommendation. So if a doctor don't certify, don't recommend that the worker is ready to return to work, the Quebec WSIB cannot push workers to go back to the work. So we want that in Ontario too. Quebec is already doing it. Why Ontario cannot do that? But the other second demand is the healthcare is very basic, fundamental. We need the right away. So if our treating doctor recommends that we need that treatment, the WSI has to provide that treatment, the injured workers need. So that's the two main demands.
0: Tell me more about the kinds of actions that you've taken over the years to push this agenda forward.
1: We try to tell WSIB the issue, right? So we telling the WSIB, uh, Minister of Labor, about our issue, and we want to change this. But it seems like they, they, that's not working, you know, many years and they're not doing anything. So we actually push Ontario Ombudsman to do the investigation, uh, WSIB, right? But it seems like they're not doing it at all too. So that's why we try to change our strategy a little bit. So we are meeting the MPP and telling them the issue and they are the one to change the legislation. So we try to talk to them and try to, uh, explain, you know, what's going on and hopefully they can understand and, and you know, do something for injured worker. And the next thing is the public awareness. Many people in Ontario even doesn't know what the workers come uh, system. Some of the people think we are relying on the taxpayer money, but that's not. It should be the employer collective liability. So we try to educate the public what kind of workers' compensation system we have in Ontario and how that affects the injured workers' lives. And they should involve with us and work together with injured workers to change the things. Also, we do a uh, lot of work with uh, other organizations as well, like a migrant worker, because a migrant worker has a worse condition than any other injured inter- workers in Ontario. And we work together with other organizations to address some issues. And we try to work together.
0: Tell me more about speaking with MPPs about these issues. What's that been like?
1: Sometimes it's very, very tough. Meeting MPP is really important. We believe it's necessary in order to change the legislation and policy. But sometimes it's a challenge because the MPP always busy and they sometimes not really interested because they might think interworker is a small group. It's not like their major concern. So that's a challenge, you know, when we meet MPP, if they're not really interested in our issue. But some MPPs is really good. They really listen to us and try to help us. That's really good. At times, we really feel like a hopeful.
0: And Hannah, in your more recent experience with the group, what actions that you've participated in have really felt to you like they are being effective in getting the message across?
2: June 1st was injured Workers' Day and I participated in that and it meant quite a lot to me because what we did, we had a concert on Queen's Park grounds the night before the 1st and some people, we had a camp overnight. And I was there with banners and we sit out all night and people come and go and we're visible so that we're getting the public to know that we are here. That's just one of the activities that I found, you know, that you're participating and doing something that you're helping the public to know. There are picnics that we come together and meet just socialize because what happens to a lot of us, and I was in the professional field, in the health field, and other professions. I mean, San Juan was an engineer in his country, right, San Juan? Yes. You lose your credibility among your pair of professionals, and people just distance themselves from you because you can no longer conduct your life in the way you used to, you know, function in different things. So people, when you lose your funding, you, you just lose your personhood. And you just have to rely on less and less income, less and less support. So people pull away from you. I have lost a ton of friends. People just don't see you in the same light anymore. So it's not just being injured or have the pain, it's emotionally and, you know. So coming to these meetings and sitting with people, you don't have to explain yourself. I went in an interview trying to reconstruct my life. And I have to carry now a cushion with me on the bus because the moving of the bus just shakes my whole body. And to sit on, I can't sit on it. And in an interview, I was asked, do you have to sit on that cushion? So to go into explaining to the ordinary person that all of this happened to me and this is how I have to live today. People don't want that. You feel as though you're second class citizen. So when workman comes, does not care for us properly. We cannot live in the status of life that we were before. And it's A lot of professional people right across the board. I mean, you name it, people get injured. I've met a lot of different people with papers in their hand, with almost tears in their eyes. Many of us get so low that we think we want to either hurt ourselves or other people. I mean, it's not uncommon that people, when you lose your wife, your husband, your kids, your home, it causes you a lot of stress. And that is one of the angles we are also trying to get working to come to look at is the psychological damage, the stress that a worker goes through. From years of just living with decreased income and status in society, it's very damaging to the psychic. So for me, coming here and meeting these people in this who feel like me and know what I have it's is very healing.
0: For listeners who are maybe not themselves injured workers but who agree with your demands, what can they do to support the campaign?
1: As I mentioned, this is not just injured workers issue. There are so many workers in Ontario every day so many workers injured at work and that's our family friends and uncles and you know fathers and mothers right so we have to consider our society to be healthy and safe so if people think this is just only injured workers issue then you know never gonna change so we want to public understand what the problem injured workers are facing right now and because injured worker is not a big group Without the uh, people helping us, involved with us, it's really, really hard. So we want people involved with us. Our group has Facebook and Twitter, so you can check out this and get information and get involved with this, contact us. We want to work together and change the better work compensation and better for the society and community.
2: And I personally know of a lot of injured workers out there who do not have the strength to come forward like we have. And I know you out there because I could think at least of a few of my friends and they're just shy to put their voice with us but if you're out there and the least little thing happens and you push back or you feel, you know, just don't be afraid. Just get on our website or Facebook and just call or email and tell us about yourself and come and join us because the more voices there are, the better it will be.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Sang-hun Moon and Hannah Alexander of Injured Workers' Action for Justice. To learn more about their work, search for Injured Workers' Action for Justice on Facebook or Twitter. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.